Hello, it's Todd here on Summer Valley FM. I'm with Laura Richards, a visitor experience manager of Bishop's Palace. Uh, Laura, thank you very much for joining me today. That's all right, lovely to be here with you. Cool, right, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Of course I can. So I work at the Bishop's Palace in Wells. Um, I started here um, in February last year, which means if everyone remembers, that was just before lockdown hit. So I was very new when everything kicked off here. Before that, I worked at St. Paul's Cathedral in London and before that, the Museum of London. And uh, coming to the Bishop's Palace is a bit of a home coming for me because I did grow up in Wells so uh, you're local yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually worked in multiple uh, churches from the sounds of it then yeah so um, it's it's kind of weird when you work in visitor experience because although you know um, the Bishop's Palace and St Paul's Cathedral you know they are heavily linked with the church it's a cathedral yeah, it's, yeah. it's where the bishop lives um, but visitor experience is kind of crossing over those two sections of it's a place of religious significance it's a place of historical significance and it's you know on a very real level a sightseeing and a fun day out experience and you're kind of trying to make sure that no matter why people are coming to the site mm. that they have a good time whichever so is it because you were a local and you grew up in the area that's what took your peak interest in bishop palace specifically to come back oh yes it's definitely um you know so in in wells we've got several absolutely wonderful um visitor attractions or historical sites um and the bishop's palace is just one of them um but it was lovely to take everything that i'd learned on some of these bigger sites and come back here a bit of a homecoming and also it, it is just such a heart of the community that I'm really proud to work here. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's quite nice that you've worked in other museums to then bring back that experience mm -hmm. into your own hometown because mm. it sort of reflects back onto the past itself in a yeah, sense. Exactly, and it doesn't matter, uh, you know, whether you're you're somewhere where you're getting thousands of visitors a day, hundreds of visitors a day, or, you know, just a couple. It's still that amazing experience you want to give to that person and make sure that they have that so it all applies. Well, speaking of visitors, how, how many, what's the average amount of visitors you get per year? So we get around um, half a million visitors a year over our drawbridge, which is wonderful. The drawbridge has to take on quite a lot of footsteps. Eh? Exactly. It's, now it's a permanent bridge. We can't lift it up anymore. We've got to be welcoming and let everyone in. <laughs> so, uh, so much for the moat protection. <laughs> so we're outside now, actually, right in the, uh, the Bishop Garden Palace mm -hmm. itself, and it's quite a very sunny day not that the we're actually. incredibly lucky that it's actually a sunny day this week <laughs> exactly i mean i don't think i've been in the bishop's garden probably since i was maybe 10 or 12 years mm -hmm. old so it's been quite a quite a while for me and i'm already in one section and it's already quite a large area so no on a scale of um on the scale of things, like, was there a lot of, um, how do I put this, was there a lot of extensions over the years or did they sort of build the yeah, Bishop Palace yeah. as once? So um, the Bishop's Palace, we, well, last year was supposed to be our 800th anniversary, obviously with COVID, all of our celebrations essentially got cancelled. Right. So 800 <laughs> years is when the palace began to be built. Right. Um, but over the years, massive extensions have been made. Um, the upper floors of the main palace building is Victorian, as is the porch. And mm. also what you see here, which is the Great Hall, is a later addition. Um, when it was built, it was the um, second biggest Great Hall in England. Um, now it's kind of a very majestic ruin that makes a lovely backdrop to a picnic. So we're on the South Lawn at the moment. So a lot of people choose to have picnics here and look at this um, wonderful ruin. Um, you can kind of see that there are four corners left standing. And so you can kind of see the outline of how massive, massive this hall would have been and very impressive. Um, we are lucky to have as much as we do have left. Um, I think a lot of people think that it fell down and yeah it kind of went into disrepair and you know great halls and feasting went out of fashion 
but actually um, the two left? walls which have come down were deliberately taken down because mm. the fashion for having a beautiful ruin in your garden came <laughs> into being. Um, so we've now got a very majestic ruin instead of a very protected Great Hall, kind of interestingly, yeah. which is very weird to the modern sensibility, I think. Yeah, so you mentioned there was different periods. So you said Victorian, so the oldest part was 800 years old, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah, right, that's right. correct. Okay, so you actually have quite a different amount of periods going on here. Yeah, and also in the inside of the building as well, downstairs we've got our undercroft, which is, you know, it just looks medieval quite simply. Mm. Um, the vaulted ceiling is absolutely gorgeous. Um, then upstairs into the long gallery, that's a much more modern decoration. And what's quite interesting about that is when you go in there, it has this gorgeous wooden panelling. It's got um, lovely um, marble, um, marble columns. Um, but the fact is that's all a lie. Um, so essentially, it's the, a lie, yeah, the bishop who did it up did it a bit on the cheap. If you go up to these gorgeous wooden panels and give them a knock, they're actually paper mache. Um, and the beautiful marble columns are actually lead piping. And it's very difficult to tell and it looks gorgeous. But yeah, it's a it's a sneaky way to make it look grander than it is. Out of the curiosity, was the lead piping with well, the lead works? Was that for the Mendips by any chance? Oh, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for that. Hello, you're back with Todd on Summer Valley FM. I'm still with Laura Richards, the Visitor Experience Manager of Bishop's Palace. Um, Laura, I believe you've got some little fun stories for that to tell our listeners about, <laughs> about Bishop's Palace. Yeah, so there's loads of stuff to do with the Bishop's Palace, which um, maybe not everyone knows about. Um, mm. So to talk about a couple of them so we've got the bishop of bath and wells his private chapel this is his home he needs a chapel to do his praying and personal reflection in which is open to visitors Uh, we've got some lovely stained glass windows in there and they are actually from the french revolution so what happened was obviously french revolution happens um a lot of churches um had their windows smashed in during that time and um essentially one of the bishops went over got some of the glass this gorgeous beautiful very high quality glass and um got it put up in our chapel which is really lovely to see Starting to regret not being in the French Revolution. <laughs> Wouldn't like to steal some stained glass from my home, to be honest. So I also believe there is a story about the Bishop of Bath that you've got to tell me as well. Oh, so um, Bath and, quite Bath, Bath and Wells. Yeah, Bath and Wells. Got to <laughs> remember Wells. I can't Wells. You've got to remember he lives in Wells. It's the more important yeah, one. I'm was, slightly biased. Yeah, I was biased because I'm from Bath. Yeah, <laughs> being biased on both sides here. Lord. So um, one of the roles that the Bishop of Bath and Wells has, which a lot of people don't know about, because it's been so long since we had one, is at coronation time. Um, so the Bishop of Bath and Wells always stands um, to the side of the monarch. In the last case, obviously, it was the Queen. Um, and on display here at the palace, we have the coronation cope, which is what the Bishop of Bath and Wells um, wears at the coronation. Um, now, when the last coronation happened in the 1950s, that particular Bishop of Bath and Wells was actually quite a short gentleman. Um, and as a result, um, some lovely seamstresses had to turn up the bottom of the cope and to still make it look regal and fancy and all of that. But if you look at the cope, you can just see along the bottom that six inches of it has been tucked under and sewn. And you can just see the little break in the pattern there. It's always interesting where you get something that's so in a sense so old and yet somebody goes nap so i am too short but i guess that's the thing especially when you talk about church um artifacts and stuff is that 
it's not it's history and yeah. they're all really important but also they are functional and they have to be used yeah. um, you know the bishop still lives here um, he still has his flat here so although we are a palace and a historical place it, it it's still got to go on church life hasn't stopped yeah. everything still needs to go forward coronations need to happen and stuff yeah. like that yeah I suppose it's the same sort of thing you can say with Buckingham Palace and things mm. like that you know it, it may be a historical building now because of how the, the age it is but it's still being functioned as yeah it's a still home. a home it's still a home mm. home, <laughs> home away from it or more locally I suppose Longleat House yeah you yeah you know because obviously when I walked around Longleat it's quite weird to think that someone still lives there and still <laughs> runs it like a home mm-hmm. so it's same with Bishop's Palace even though the size of it is still quite daunting to <laughs> listeners from, from the way I'm looking right now I'm only staring at one part and it's already looming over <laughs> just how large the site is um, perfect thank you very much for that Laura and I'm back with Laura Richards the visitor experience manager at Bishop's Palace um, Laura we were just talking about the the changes of <laughs> of certain historical clothing for the bishop. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me more about the actual gardens itself, because you've got the gardens here right now, which we're sat in. Um, mm-hmm. How many acres of the gardens are actually on Bishop's Palace? Yeah, so we've got 14 acres of gardens. A lot of people seem to think that they are, we have some lovely, mo- we have a lovely moat and um, moat walls, and people think that the gardens are just inside that wall, but they actually extend out of those walls. So it's 14 acres in total, and um, in the outer gardens, we actually have the Wells of Wells. So obviously that's where the city gets its name from. It is on a well um, and these are springs that come and gather all the water down from the men dips and they pop up in the bishop's garden um, if you go and see our wells um, you've got very distinct looking wells if that makes sense so you've got st andrew's well which it looks like what you imagine a spring looks like if you were wandering around in the wilderness and you saw a spring that's what you'd think it'd look like and then you've also got our reflection um, pools which are several wells which one of the bishops decided it would look great if he knocked them all together and turned it into like a beautiful mini lake which oh, it's absolutely gorgeous and on a very clear day it perfectly does a reflection of the cathedral so oh, you wow. know it's very gorgeous um, but again it's that kind of idea of um, people having their own stamp on the place and doing what's fashionable at the time well it's certainly creative I can give you that so is that my way of thinking that the, uh, the water flat well comes from the spring yeah it does yeah so it comes off the men dips pops up here and um on a clear day you can see it bubbling away and then also if you go into wells high street um then um along the side of the road there are two channels and that's where the wells water runs and it still runs today but um the city tends not to get their water from the wells that's fine well i do i i me working at the moment, but we actually work, obviously, have a spring that funds our bath, so it's probably the base similar. Well, mm-hmm. but the same source, as it yeah. were, the same source, but, um, uh, I presume yours isn't um, coming out as a hot water. I mean. Oh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> it's very much a very cold water well. Yeah. We don't go in there and have nice Icelandic pools, unfortunately. Neither do we. Don't worry. We don't get that lucky either, unfortunately. <laughs> I was just curious to see, because it's nice to know that it's... I lived here for 23 years. I never knew that there was another source for the spring to come out. I only figured out it went into Bath. I never knew it came into Wells to form that water. I must have walked past it a million times without even realising that it's funded by another spring. That's, that's quite something actually. So you've obviously got different segments in your garden representing different parts to, you know, to the Bishop's Palace itself. So is there any particular one that's your favourite that you oh, love going around? My favourite is probably the Arboretum, which was done for, I believe it was the Silver Jubilee. Um, and it's... Um, a collection of specimen trees which are absolutely gorgeous and in the middle of it is this fantastic children's play area called the dragon's lair which is a late tradition but i just love the fun <laughs> but what's lovely about the arboretum is it, it it's very much more similar to say a wild garden and as you go through the seasons different flowers pop up and it's very 
untamed in a very beautiful way so during um, February and March we have the snowdrops and there are hundreds out there which is gorgeous and then as you go now it's more of a meadow summery flowers are coming out now um, which is very much in contrast we also have formal gardens here which are immaculate and very well kept and our gardeners do a fantastic job but personally I prefer the slightly wilder looking yeah, on bit. The wilder side of the <laughs> well it's quite I mean with the size of it you're gonna have to have quite a few gardeners around just to keep just to keep it going so how many, how many staff are we talking about to actually keep up, up so the gardeners themselves? We try to have about three or four gardeners. We, our head gardener, James Cross, has been here for a very long time and the gardeners are very, uh, the gardens are very much a result of his vision and his wonderful work. But we are also blessed by having an amazing group of garden volunteers who give up their time to look after our gardens and it really is also what they do. And that is James the gardener now just calling me. Sorry. Hello, welcome back to Summer Valley FM. It's Todd here. I'm still with Laura Richards, the Visitor Experience Manager of Bishop's Palace. Uh, Laura, I believe you have some stories to tell me about the swans. That you've oh, got. the swans. So our swans, um, they live here at the palace. So although we have the bishop living here, we also have the swans. It's their home as well. Um, so historically, there's been swans at the palace for quite a while. We think um, it dates back to about the 1800s when um, the bishop's daughter at the time taught them a very interesting trick um, where essentially if you come up to the bishop's palace in wells and you come up to our drawbridge um, and you look at um, our entrance point you'll notice there's a little bell attached to the side of the wall um, and um, there is a little string on the bell and the little swans will go up and they will ring the bell and one of us will pop out and feed them um, we don't have the bell hanging out all the time because they're greedy little things and they would just ring it non-stop but they do ring their bell for their food they're very good at it obviously we don't have the same swans that we had all that time ago um, so our current swans are grace and gabriel and when we um, are lucky enough to have a new set of swans one of the first things we do is teach them how to do that and they're they're very good they always pick it up very quickly it's not that hard to train them to do to be honest um, and if we're lucky enough Enough, um, we can teach their little babies to do it as well oh, so chickens. every year we get little signets um, which um, we've just had our latest ones hatch which is the exciting thing going on got at the any, moment got any names for them yet? well that's the thing we're having a naming competition at the moment so um, the grace and gabriel's first time they were here and they had signets unfortunately only one signet there was only one signet so we right. called him lucky no. Um, and then last year, because that was during our closure for COVID is when they hatched, um, the names were very COVID related. So we had like Hope, Rainbow for the NHS. Uh, oh. I believe one was called Captain Tom as well. Oh, brilliant. And like that. very clever. sensibly, because the palace was closed for seven weeks, the longest we've been closed for visitors in many, many years, <laughs> the swans decided to build their nest on our bridge, which is halfway through the gardens. And it's the only way to get from the inner gardens to the outer gardens which at the time they made their nest was a great idea because no one was there and then when um, we opened for visitors again um, you know people had to walk across that bridge and you know we'd say you know Gabriel he's just being defensive he's not gonna do any problems but if he hisses at you just just walk away it's fine um, and then this year because we've still been open they've been very sensible and they've abandoned their bridge nest <laughs> and they're now behind um, one of our offices which means we can open the window check how they all are and keep them away from visitors which I think they respect 
their privacy. So we've got four signets this year, and um, every year we set up a little camera when the uh, when the nest is being built, um, so that people can have a look at our signets. And we were lucky enough to see them hatching this year. Um, and we've got some really lovely videos, which is <laughs> really cute and adorable. Until later in the year, when they'll get a bit bigger and they'll get a bit wandery, and they'll start going into the marketplace, and we'll have to go check they're okay and not wandering too far. I think this one's we're trying to make a political statement <laughs> by Matt Bridge. They're like, right, that's it. You've all been gone for seven months. We own Bishop's Palace now. So I think that was a little bit of a, we're taking our stand now. Well, it's their house. It's their place. They've got free accommodation, free food. You still can't please the swans. So you always got to make a statement, haven't they? Now, for those of you who probably are already aware of this, um, the 2007 film Hot Fuzz was actually filmed in Wales as well, as Edgar Wright, the director, grew up in Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you probably will notice that parts of the film are actually surrounding or even in Bishop's mm-hmm. Palace as well. There's the very creepy, sinister meeting right at the end where they're all stood around in a circle on black robes. The greater good. The Is there any other sort of films that I don't know about? Oh, that? that's a great question, actually. So we are actually quite a popular filming venue, which is fantastic. It's always nice to have a little extra change in the pocket at the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this filmed Poldark here, I think, is the biggest one oh. recently. And they used our Undercroft as um, the prison cell and they donned it up it looks like our undercroft is a lovely inviting room and they made it look like a i think it was a french prison and i was like oh um and then wells also had um snow white and the huntsman but i think it was the second one not the first one but yeah i think cold dark i prefer and then (laughs) recently we've had um the spanish princess which is um uh all about catherine of aragon Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's because it's, it's, it's such a flexible building, and the gardens can kind of depict so many different time periods that it's it, it's really flexible, and um, it's it's exciting for our visitors as well to also see bits that they recognise yeah, and stuff like well, that, and just good for Wells in general. But as you can see from from where we are, I mean the grounds itself. I mean you and me talked earlier before the radio saying that the, it used to be a deer park before it came into oh, the gardens yeah. itself. Yeah. So um, you know the Bishop of Bathwell had his deer guard. Uh, deer park not deer garden deer park um, that was obviously his to use and poach as he wanted which would have been fun for him and probably less fun for the locals when poaching laws came into effect yeah. well it's quite yeah because obviously you've gone from deers to swans it's a, it's a fair difference going tamed, on. tamed it a little bit yeah i mean it, it's just amazing that over history and over the time even with even with you know, the different periods that we've had to go through, you know, the English Civil War, for example, mm-hmm. and then obviously Henry VIII taking over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were mentioning earlier that one of the reasons that the bishops passed didn't suffer Henry VIII's wrath for the churches was, um, well, due to the uh, sort of the bishop in itself agreeing to, yeah, to, well, to his rules. It's as it kind were. of interesting in the local area because we've got the Bishop of Bath and Wells, who obviously, you know, looks after Bath and Wells. Yeah. And then um, historically, you would also have had Glastonbury Abbey, which would have been massively powerful um, and, you know, really important in the local area. And, um, you know, Glastonbury Abbey stood up against the Reformation. And, you know, you can see the consequences of that when you visit the Abbey. It's absolutely stunning gardens and mm. a beautiful um, historical place to visit. <laughs> but unfortunately, it, isn't, it is now a ruin. The result of standing up to Henry yeah. Page, which is like you don't get away with it, unfortunately. <laughs> well, Laura, thank you very much for um, your interview with me today. It's been That's much, right. it's been really nice talking to you as well. Oh, it's been um, lovely to have you here at the palace. Yeah, thank you very much for your time.